We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. Not getting mad is just getting even. This is Adam versus the man with your host, Adam Kokesh. The utmost manifestation of love and devotion to America is today, as it always has been, resistance of tyranny. I want my money back. I'm down there drowning in your back. You got me on my knees praying for everything you lack. I ain't afraid of you. I'm just a victim of your fear. You cower in your tower praying that I'll disappear. I got a list of demands. Written on the palm of my hands. I'm on my missing you. I know I can. So unless you've been living under a rock, you might have noticed that the mainstream media in the United States, ye old corporate media, really wants you to know about the Trump impeachment, which should make you very, very suspect because this is the most obvious kind of sleight of hand. Look at what the left hand is doing so you don't see what the right hand is doing. But let's put this in perspective, shall we? As, as, as we always try to do with Adam versus the man, because this look at the monkey kind of tactic, it's really not working anymore. I mean, just look at the Epstein suicide. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, in case you hadn't noticed, Jeffrey Epstein didn't commit suicide. But the response to that was for the American people to see through it, to say, oh, yeah, no, 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 we're not buying this story. My favorite meme to come out of that was uh, mainstream media, Epstein commits suicide, America, and it's a thousand Alex Joneses charging towards the camera. It's like, yeah. We don't buy this crap anymore. And you should know by now, when you see the mainstream media so obsessed with a story of so little consequence, politicians fighting amongst each other, all on the same team of the corporate banking establishment, gee, do you really think this deserves so much airtime? No, it doesn't. So you're being distracted from something, obviously, but I'll come back to that. So normally I would say it's great to see government fighting, government agents, government representatives, whatever you want to call the swamp people. If they fight amongst each other, they don't have as much time or energy to screw over the American people, to pass more laws in Congress. I would think of that as progress, and perhaps the Trump impeachment serves as a distraction. But you have to first ask, does he deserve to be impeached? Let me make my position absolutely clear. Yes, he does. Along with a lot of other people, but I'll come back to that too. So, high crimes and misdemeanors. The Ukraine phone call? Really, Democrats? Of all the things you thought you could float to your base that they would eat up, of all the offensive things Trump has done, the Ukraine phone call? Really? That's what you're sinking your teeth into. Now, when I looked at that story for the first time, and I, I really, I don't want to cover this. I don't. It, 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 Trump is a master of distraction. He is a master of this political sleight of hand. He is playing a certain kind of 4D chess, but not to serve the American people. No, obviously, to serve his own interests. 
but I, they don't record the phone calls. They have a transcriber and, and this weird process where it's, it's like piped in by audio to someone else, but they can't make an actual audio recording because that could be incriminating because that was why Nixon got impeached, right? Because he had these recorded phone calls or at least some of the incriminating evidence used against him. And I certainly suggest uh, similarly for many similar reasons, he should have been impeached as well. But there is such a, a more offense. I mean, just even from a mainstream media understanding of government, a much more offensive reason for Trump to be impeached, one that is, it, it is just such a more direct, violent, obvious violation. The clear-cut case was this Tomahawk missile strikes in Syria. How, how many tens, hundreds of millions? It doesn't matter. The military-industrial complex, for them, it's a drop in the bucket. The alleged chemical weapons attack is the excuse. Clear violation of international law, an aggressive military action, and not authorized by the Constitution. In terms of a constitutional, clear-cut, high-crime it does not get any more blatant than that. But, yes, you have to consider the political maneuverings here. Perhaps Trump is losing his game of 4D chess, and the powers that be are working to get Pence into the captain's chair. Because with Pence, maybe he'll be able to get more done for their agenda. Perhaps under a President Pence, that much more of the establishment's will will be done. Don't think that he's not playing his own version of 4D chess, too. And it's interesting to see in Congress, Justin Amash is the first Republican calling for Trump's impeachment. Generally, he's a very well-known man of consistent principle, arguably the most libertarian member of Congress. And then you see, in contrast, Rand Paul having gone from Opposing Trump in the Republican primary when he was running against him to taking the we're going to be friendly and we're going to get policy achieved now approach. Eh, take your pick. But posted by Zero Hedge today, we saw voters in key battleground states oppose impeachment according to polls. Yes. So maybe this is really Trump's master ploy after all to bait the Democrats into impeaching him and losing because they don't have anything, because he hasn't really done anything out of the ordinary. I mean, yeah, compared to the drone strikes against children and wedding parties and all sorts of innocent people throughout the Middle East conducted under Barack Obama's administration, the war started under the Bush administration, yeah, tomahawk missiles, insignificant drop in the bucket. And I will say, perhaps if it is necessary, it was beautiful to see President Trump and Kim Jong-un walking hand-in-hand, hand, skipping across the demilitarized zone. And I gotta hand it to him, he has not really reversed the trend of a demilitarization, a de-escalation of foreign conflict. Whether that's his own doing and he really deserves credit for it, maybe time will tell. But, he was clever enough to win without the popular vote, after all. That's the 40 chest. But more importantly, to the Democrats. Now, this is really fun. Got this from Grabbian.com. Grabbing news. 98 things Democrats have said Trump could be impeached for. 
President Trump was only in office two weeks before a Democratic congressman called for his impeachment. Representative Joaquin Castro said he should, the House should consider impeachment uh, of the president in the event he doesn't abide by court orders related to his travel ban. So for potentially, Joaquin Castro, MSNBC 2117, for potentially ignoring court orders on his travel ban. Maxine Waters 2617, because we have to. Maxine Waters again on CNN the same day for creating chaos and division. Jerry Nadler, MSNBC, February 20, for potentially supplying damaging information. Maxine Waters, uh, I mean, you, there is a hit list here. Maybe, maybe well, well, this next one from Maxine Waters, uh, 323, for trying to, quote, undermine Hillary Clinton and therefore undermine our democracy. Yes, uh, let, I'll skip ahead. There, there are some other characters on this list. Uh, Al Green, 515-17, for firing Comey, Lawrence Tribe, 514, because he regards himself as above the law. Gee, we've seen a pattern here. Uh, that, that's pretty much every president, isn't it? Uh, Tom Steyer, uh, 1025, for being a clear and present danger to Americans. Not like the drug war that both parties support, the police state that both parties support, the militarization of police that the federal government makes possible. The, I, I, I could, I, I'll, let me get back to the funny stuff. All right, Steve Cohen, eleven fifteen, for undermining the federal judiciary. John Yarmuth, eleven eighteen, for threatening the media. Ezra Klein, twelve four, for being incompetent. Oh, jeez. <laughs> there, this I can't. I don't have time. I don't have time. I, I, this, this, this list goes on and on, for. Uh, for being unworthy and despicable, Maxine Waters, 327.18. I mean, this, this, I, I guess I should give Nancy Pelosi a shot here, because this, this is the best one. For betraying his oath of office. Yeah, that's, that's a quote from Nancy Pelosi, that Donald Trump should be impeached for betraying his oath of office. The oath to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, which allegedly has these great checks and balances built into it. No. No, 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 no. But because they're all part of this system. They're all a bunch of clowns. They're all swamp monsters. They're all part of this evil system. Every single Democrat and Republican in Washington, D.C. should be impeached for being the gang of thugs operating an un-American institution that is designed to exploit you and violate your freedom. And today is, oh my gosh, what is it? Wednesday. We made it to Wednesday. It is Wednesday, December 11th, 2019. I, I should say it took us till Wednesday. What an adventure has been getting here. I am very excited with Adam versus the man 10.0 coming back. I think this is the best version we've ever had. We've had a lot of fun with this show throughout the years. Everybody who's been a part of this, who's, who's, who's watched, who's donated, who's sponsored, who's supported, who's shared uh, our videos, our podcasts, the content under the brand of Adam vs. the Man. This goes back to radio. Yeah, Adam vs. the Man was born on AM radio, on AM 1550, KIVA, more positive talk radio, Albuquerque. And then briefly on television. 
for Russia Today, RT America out of Washington, D.C. And boy, was that a wild ride. And then Independent Online covering the Occupy protests, getting expanded in that independent model, growing to three hours live, five nights a week. That was something else. That was, that was a crazy production. Uh, we, we might be building out this model as well as it grows. We've got two amazing co-hosts with me. On the road, you're going to meet today in our show, Samantha Miller and Joey Lee doing the news and uh, fan mail and death threats later on in the show. And uh, again, I'm really excited about this format. So what did we do? We went from the three-hour version to the 20-minute answer to the Daily Show attempt version to the weekly to the then, well, no, then I was in jail. And so then we had to come back with another version of Adam versus the man. And then came out and then ended up touring for the book and then did just man on the street videos. And if you guys want, let us know. We'll get some more of those out there. I've got a lot of footage piled up, actually. Now that I have the production support, you know, we have a lot more flexibility in the content we can produce. But this one hour show that we're doing now really is the foundation. If you want more man on the street videos, donate on Patreon, become a supporter, become a subscriber, go, uh, you know, throw me a few bucks once a month, make it possible for us to keep gas in the tank. Uh, protons and electrons and the battery. Uh, I'll stop. That's that's <laughs> like a, I, I'm that I, I have a certain amount of awareness now. Finally, at age 37, of the uh, hyper concentration of, of dad jokes in my humor repertoire, and so I, I that was that was like a big exercise. And do you see what I did there? I stopped myself. It's good. It's good. It was, it's all right. With that dad joke. <laughs> so we are. Getting uh, just into this first episode, and it's uh, I, I'm really excited for everybody who's listening now, and you know has has, has stuck with me uh, throughout the years, made it possible to know that 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 we can do this, that we can uh, that we can launch an independent production, and know that the the love and support and and people uh, backing us up that that's that's going to make this possible. So I do want to take uh, a moment to to thank our sponsors, and it's really exciting at this point to have. Some some really serious heavy hitters. I mean, and 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 it's not just um, people who I know and respect, but people who are doing really important things. And 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 we have three sponsors right now that uh, that, that I'm going to mention. And and the first is Bitcoin.com, and especially Local.Bitcoin.com. That's another project of my friend Roger Ver. And you know, I have been a longtime friend of his. He's been a longtime supporter of mine. And, you know, I, I, when, when I see someone who is doing as, as much as he is for humanity by spreading the word of cryptocurrency, you know, it really is an honor to have the, the support and, and respect of someone like that. To have a friend, you know, who, who I can say is not just someone who, uh, you know, we have this collaborative relationship with. But um, maybe collaborative is an exaggeration, but at least of mutual support. We do collaborate in, in, in our activism to a certain degree. But that, that I have had any kind of influence on him, to hear him have said that the book Freedom had an impact on him, that my media has had an impact on him. I mean, that is just, it, it is so huge. And, and th there's so much money floating around in cryptocurrency and moving back and forth every day you know, there, there's going to be uh, a, a lot of disagreement. There's going to be a lot of intense feelings, and there's going to be a lot of just straight up bullshit attacks. And and I've I've heard every everybody I've ever been friends with in 
the crypto community has been attacked for something at some point. And, and I, I just, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, I'm an agnostic. I know that Roger Ver has, you know, for, for all the money that he's made and as successful as he has been, that he has actually made sacrifices in his lifestyle and putting effort into spreading the word, not just in a way that makes him money, but that is getting the word out about cryptocurrency and helping wake people up. And I know that he is in it for the right reasons. And so I, I really am excited to have his support in, in everything that we're doing right now. Next, naturalnews.com, Mike Adams. You know, his work was actually a critical part of my awakening on the health side and understanding how much the government has a negative influence on what's in your food, what's in your medicine, the control over the, the, the health industry as a whole. It's just, I, when you, it's freaking insane. And, and I have so much respect for him for having not just stayed with that for so long, because it would drive me nuts. I mean, to me, like, you know, doing civil disobedience. We were talking about this last night, watching the uh, the, the Rob Hustle video, oh, Call yeah. the Cops. Yeah. It was like a highlight reel of police abuse. There was a period in my activism doing civil disobedience where I got to, oh shit, this is just bad cop porn. <laughs> like it's, I'm like I I realized like it was having no and I, well I I didn't I I caught myself before it became, you know, of a pornographic kind of indulgence for myself because I noticed that. But it was because I saw, as I was starting to get more involved with, you know, anti-police brutality as, as, as a, you know, as a cause, that there were a lot of people who were just like, you know, looking at it every day. And it, it's like, like watching, excuse me, violent television or, you know, anything else like that. It doesn't increase that peaceful vibration that we all need to be focusing on, I suppose. I, and I want, I want cops to be called on or called out when, you know, and I, and I love that we have the technology. I think it is so huge and important to advancing humanity. But, you know, it's, it's, this, it's, it, it's almost worse in the health industry when you see some of the horror stories that come out of hospitals. Then you go... That person didn't have to die because the system is set up the wrong way because it's, it's been set up in a way empowered by government to be corrupt. And the consequence is not just we get ripped off and other people make money unjustly, but that people die. And Mike Adams has gotten into not just like an incredible uh, you know, operation with everything he does out of naturalnews.com but also a lot of original lab work, and I'm, I'm really excited. So I, we're going to be uh, working with them to set up an affiliate marketing program. But for now, I'm just happy to plug naturalnews.com and say if you're not familiar, familiar with his work, if you haven't gone through that critical part of your awakening, please take some time. You know, I, whatever you got to do, poke around naturalnews.com. You know, check out some of the products there. It's all really amazing, ethical, conscious stuff. And, and I, I'm, I'm honored to have his support as well. The last one, Northern Arizona Biological Dentistry. These are some people who helped me out just because they wanted to, and, and they took the metal out of my teeth. I had mercury fillings from when I was, God, my That's teeth have always been messed up, you know, and it's like, they, they, they really, they really kind of rescued me there. And so I, I it, it, and it's something that, and this is actually really connected with naturalnews.com and Mike Adams and understanding the, the consequence of toxic pollutants in your body and mercury in fillings is, it, it, I mean, it's like fluoride. Just why do you 
it, it's insane it's that like why 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 are we doing this? And I actually feel kind of embarrassed because I waited. I had I had two big ones in my uh, back molars here, and I waited until the sidewall actually broke off. Oh my! I'm I'm I just like yeah. At any given time, you never know. I have a very high tolerance, I suppose, for having uh, an, an annoying teeth in my mouth like well i i don't i don't get i have I, yeah well yeah no yeah i was getting painful <laughs> maybe not as painful as the federal government but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, a close second <laughs> now we're also working on setting up an independent merchandise operation for adam versus the man but until then you can get our book freedom at the at uh, amazon.com i'm sorry and uh you can find it through the freedomline.com but we also do have a merch operation finally with the presidential campaign, you can find it kokeshforpresident.com. So please check that out. Get your t-shirts and stickers and doodads and... Things and stuff. Yeah. Cool Ooh, stuff. Good things. Freedom. All right. So announcements and upcoming events. Uh, we've got something coming up around Los Angeles. And this is like a really awkward time for any presidential campaign. So I'm really excited in how getting this podcast started fits into that. But... Going into the holidays, the year before uh, election season is is uh, it, it, things slow down, and we actually I, we're going to be spending some time with family uh, over the holidays and uh, working in a couple events where uh, where possible. But yeah, so we're working on the, we don't have anything now. This is really weird for me. In the last like like since the last holiday season, you know, we've <laughs> we've that. been going non-stop traveling I, like i i've had an, more than an average of you know one event per week where i'm in a different state and what a payoff to after doing all that work finally be able to take a year to do what we're supposed to do on the holidays and spend time with family so yeah congratulations yeah right it. yeah finally no but we're going to be doing this podcast all the way through the holidays and uh you know we'll probably take a day off for christmas because he wants to listen to a podcast on christmas we're going to be at the beach in san diego why would we want to be doing a podcast and we could be working on our hands at nine in the morning? Uh, that's that's probably what we're going to be doing. And we've we've got something coming up in early January here in Texas. We're at the Garden of Eden right now with Quinn Acre, exciting Love. eco community, really cool conscious living facility here. I encourage everybody to check it out. Look up Garden of Eden. Uh, is it GardenofEden.com? dot com? No, it's into the garden. Into the Garden of Eden dot com. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, so, if you want to come feel spoiled and be good to the earth at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, so no, it's unreal hospitality, out-of-this-world hospitality, Maybe. new paradigm hospitality. So we're going to be uh, back in this area early January. We should have another event uh, somewhere between January 5 to 7 coming up there. And then it's convention season. And we are just on the road nonstop, at least through May. Really excited about this. Just got the schedule laid out. And we are kicking off with Tennessee, January 11th. And pretty soon here, we'll get organized. Definitely, definitely by the end of the month, before January, we'll get organized. And be, uh, we'll, we'll have that calendar schedule up on, uh, on either thefreedomline.com or Kokish somewhere. Kokishforpresent.com or thefreedomline.com. We'll, we'll have all that up. And, and Joey is doing a great job of plugging in more events. So, um, Joey, what, where can people email you if, if they want to contribute to... The, the tour and, and help us, uh, you know, host the more tour events. And events. If you, um, if you want to see Adam stop by and say hi to your city, um, you can reach me at Joey at the freedom line.com. So it's J O I E at the freedom line.com. Send me an email. Give me your name. 
um, where you'd like to host the event. And we'll see uh, if we can get Adam to stop by and say hi to you and your folks while we're out here on the road for convention season. We are literally zigzagging across the country. We have to go Georgia, California, Florida, Pennsylvania, Washington. Tech, yeah. well, no, Texas is last. I think we have four no, days no. to cross the no, country no, we, we at go, one point. The, and, and the, the last leg is Texas to Utah and back to Texas for national. It and it's it's awesome. I love it. And, and and again, thank you to everybody who's donated to the campaign, made it possible to, to get around the country in this RV, No Force One, with this giant billboard with my name on it. It, it does feel kind of silly, but it's also awesome when it gets people to come up at gas stations and say, what's what's this about? And come and take a palm card and ask about libertarianism and the party and the book or whatever it is. And, and the waves out the window. Yeah, yeah, no, so I, I had to drive. Yeah, like, I and, and I, and Eden normally, and we're going to be meeting up with Eden Donabella, our great driver slash mechanic, in uh, just a few days here. And this is, um, it's, it's just, I mean, it, it, when, when you see... The world so much through the distorted lens of the internet. It's so nice to have grounding, a, a social grounding in reality with other people, with Absolutely. real human beings, in in a, in a whole variety of relationships. Not just like people. You know, I mean, good relationships with people who are close to you, people who are casual friends, but even just. Be living at, at a at a high enough vibration that you're able to connect and have a a, a friendly positive connection with everyone you meet. Everybody, right? I, even the opposition. I, I, there has not been any shortage of smiles, even amongst the disagreements. Yeah, I, yeah, and, and, and it's like the internet brings out you know the worst in people. Yeah. You know, it, 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 and it's just it, it really is. Uh, it, and I'm I'm a huge fan of the internet, and I'm not, I shouldn't say the internet brings out the worst in people. It brings out the best in people too. But it does have this weird distortion effect. And one of the things that we have done in getting out with this bus and the campaign so far has been just like living in that real world and connecting with real people. And there's so much more love when, when, when you can connect with it that way. So, all right, we're, we're like way over time for all this. I've certainly indulged myself in, in taking my time getting through the announcements. So, Joey. Yeah, I'm Mary Jane. Let's do the headlines. What's up, guys? Um, yeah, so I've got some really interesting stories um, today. Um, it looks like our U.S. government is at it again with the secrecy and the keeping truths from the American people. I, you know, I don't think you can say at it again. <laughs> still at it. Thank you. They're still doing it. Look, nothing's changed since uh, how many hundreds of years? Okay, so the Washington Post reported Craig Whitlock um, wrote this article. Uh, confidential trove of government documents obtained by the Washington Post reveals that senior U.S. officials failed to tell the truth about the war in Afghanistan throughout the entire 18-year campaign. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, stating that they were hiding unmistakable evidence that the war had become unwinnable. Uh, no, I, I, I love this coming from, this is mainstream media, right? This is Washington, Washington Post. Post. Yes. Um, I mean, these are the same people who made the war possible in the first place. Like, I, let's, let's be honest. This, at least the same institutions. And maybe there's an evolution here. But isn't it funny how in order to maintain their credibility, the mainstream media always criticizes the war that 
just happened. Never the one that's happening now or is not. about to happen. Those wars are good, remember? It's okay to kill people when, in the moment, but those, those people we killed in the past, that's, that's not okay. Uh, so these documents include more than 2,000 pages of previously unpublished notes of interviews with people who played a direct role in the war, from generals, diplomats, different workers, civilians. Uh, 2,000 pages. Uh, they include, bear with my computer here, Lord. Uh, actually, the Post had been spending three years in a legal battle trying to get this information released under Freedom of Information. So our Freedom of Information took a three-year process by the Washington Post, likely one of the more well-resourced organizations out there. <laughs> Wonder how long it would take for a, a citizen. No, I, I mean, I, I hate to just go back to this point, but... It, to, to even go deeper with it, like, this is what they're... How irresponsible is it as a journalist to ask the question, how wrong was that war, when you could be asking, how wrong is this war? And, and it's not necessarily... Like, I, I, don't like, I don't think we're at war. I know we, there's lots of small-scale military operations around the world by whatever my subjective definition is. I, I wouldn't call it war. War makes um, money. So but there, it's, well, it's militarism makes money, and war is the explosion of it. But, you know, it's that there's this greater problem of government happening now. There are lives being ruined by the drug war. There are lives being ruined by the police state. We have a, a surveillance state that we know leaves us with no real privacy in this country. And you're, as a journalist, going, well, let's talk about the last war. I, what? It'd be real nice if they had uh, wrapped it up to say this has been going on for so long and it must still be going on. Let's look it, at the facts it, now. I, 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 would, I think this is more a phenomenon of controlled opposition in the media. This is not a malicious journalist. I, I bet the person behind this is really well-intentioned, thinks they're, they're just specializing in this, and that's great. You know, you're, you're probably doing good work, but step back and look. You're the journalist who's getting promoted, who's getting published, who's getting covered or getting your work printed in, in, in the Washington Post, not the people who are asking the questions challenging the immediate injustice. We're getting censored off YouTube. We're getting censored and called crazy conspiracy theorists, of course. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I've got one interesting quote here. Um, Douglas Lute, three-star army general who served as the White House's Afghanistan czar during the Bush and Obama administration, told the government interviews in 2015, uh, he said, what are we trying to do here? We didn't have the foggiest notion of what we were undertaking. Um, again, this is from all the way back in 2015. We were devoid of fundamental understanding of Afghanistan. We didn't even know what we were doing, he went on to repeat again. Seems like a pretty uh, senseless war. We are ripe for a, a, a military revolt in this country. And I, I'm, I'm, this is the part of the story that actually re really encourages me to hear generals now uh, speaking out. You know, and, and it's kind of, I'm inclined to be disappointed. It took so long when so many lives were at stake. You know, being humble, I have to be reminded of my own awakening being relatively slow and and frustrating to uh, people of greater principle at times. We're all programmed at some point. And and when you're 
so invested as, as you would be to, to get to the level of being a general. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to overthrow that conditioning and say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak out about this. But, you know, I'm, we need another Smedley Butler. War is a racket. You know, we, we, we need, you know, and, and for myself as, as a leader in activism and philosophy and, and, and what, you know, media production and all that, you know, I, I was just a sergeant, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to handicap myself here. I know that I can do and have the impact that, that anybody can, but this, this country needs to see, I think, right now, the authority of generals and admirals, the highest level of government officials coming out as whistleblowers on militarism itself. And at least this is a big positive first step. Positive steps forward. Uh, so, what else is in the news? Well, hold on. This I gotta say, this reminds me. There was there was an article on the Ron Paul Liberty report that he covered from years ago, and I got it here from Stars and Stripes. According to this report, forty four thousand unknown military personnel stationed around the world, and and I just think this is really Im- important. And this is this is actually from twenty seventeen, so this this isn't new, um, but like this is how bad it's gotten and, and and what people don't realize i think most uh, americans who support the u.s military in general uh assume that it's it's a it's a righteous organization run by by just well-intentioned men. just warriors who just want to do the right thing and while to an extent there may be some of those that certainly is not representative of the institution and and this story really lays that bare this is from Army Colonel Rob Manning, Pentagon spokesman, quote, we are not at a point where we can give numbers other than those officially stated. According to this number, 44,000, the report compiled by the Defense Manpower Data Center under the Office of the Secretary of Defense shows more than 44,000 personnel in a category labeled unknown. Like, what? Unknown as in their name or unknown like, like, as in what they're doing there? I, what, 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 to, can to you any, elaborate? To anybody supporting the military, you got to be like, we gave you our best and brightest. We gave you America's youth, the warriors of this country. We said, take their lives, use them to defend this nation. We, they will follow orders unquestioningly, but we expect and understand that you're going to take care of them, right? No, we're going to just lose track of 44,000 of them. I don't buy it. I don't think they've really lost track of them. This is like the real black ops scope of what the military has going on and according to this article active duty military personnel number slightly more than 1.3 million in the army navy marine corps and air force and hundreds of thousands more civilian personnel under defense departments that number does not include reserve and national guard formations that might be active the u.s has military personnel in nearly every country in the world ranging from two liaison officers in fiji to tens of thousands from all of the service branches in japan and germany Now, Manning said at the briefing, quote, we seek to balance informing the American public with the imperative of operational security and denying the enemy Uh any advantage. We can't tell you how we're defending you. We can't even tell you where your people are. Trust us. We got this. My 4D chess. No, because we, this isn't, so anyway, this, uh, this came 
in, in 2017 over uh, a lack of knowledge about how many soldiers are stationed in Niger, where four Special Forces soldiers were killed October 4th in an attack by militants thought to be associated with radical Islamists. Prominent members of Congress, including Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican South Carolina, in case, in case you don't know Lindsey, claimed they had no idea that so many soldiers, about 800, according to Marine General Joseph Dunford, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, were deployed to Niger. I didn't know. Uh, okay. The United States has maintained troops there since 2013, has been involved on and off in the country for decades. Pentagon officials also say accounting procedures make knowing actual end strength difficult to determine. We just can't count that high. 1.3 million? Yeah, we just kind of lost track. We're just rounding to that. We don't even know. It's somewhere around 44,000. We don't, we don't know where they are. It's just accounting procedures. No, they, they don't care about you as soldiers. Like, this, this should be obvious can do the math on our deficit rather easily, can't we? Of course, we've got contractors, and we've got uh, all, all the other personnel. And this is you know, a little bit personal for me, having seen so much of this waste in Iraq in 2004. But this article points out the United States maintains 23,659 contractors in Afghanistan and 4,609 in Iraq fourth quarter 2017 report from the Defense Department. And it's just disgusting. Like, how, how do you put up with this? How, how do you say, like, th this, is, this is defending you? Anyway, I'll stop. We could, we could talk about it all day. I mean, was 2017 that article? Now we have 2019 confirming it, and nothing was really done in between. That's always fun. Moving on. This headline's fun from CBS. Mike Bloomberg gives $10 million to help endangered House Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's something Pete is involved with or what. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so um, Ed O'Keefe and Tim Perry um, say former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg plans to donate $10 million to help shore up vulnerable House Democrats who are being targeted by allies of Trump because of the files, right? They're being bullied. Uh, the decision about how to spend the $10 million is going to be handled by a House majority PAC. Um, this does, however, pale in comparison to the $110 million that Bloomberg has spent through his own PAC efforts. So this is, this is uh, pretty smart on his part. I mean, basic strategy for him running for the Democrat nomination to spread the wealth, to buy off. This is how the money works in politics. It's, uh, a lot of it's out in the open. And now we have two rich, old, white, billionaire dudes trying, trying to be president, or well, Trump running for re-election against Michael Bloomberg, who think they can, they want both of them, and this is the insanity, it, it, part of Michael Bloomberg, a big part of Bloomberg's pitch is businessman created hundreds of thousands of jobs, big thing with Trump as a selling point as well, and we are stuck in this paradigm of, we should be going for 100% employment. And what that means today, when the average working American is working for the government half the year, is that they're going for 100% enslavement. Of course. And it's because they've stolen so much from the American people. Our wealth, our birthright, the inheritance of prior generations, all of the land that the federal government claims to own that should be returned to the American people. And what's so ironic about this, I didn't even realize this when he announced, and I started looking into Bloomberg, and realizing the same thing with it. 
they actually crisscrossed Republican Democrat. Trump was originally a Democrat, saying Republicans are dumb, and, and, and then went and ran as a Republican. And Bloomberg went from being a Republican to now being a Democrat. And, and you go, well, facepalm, like I can't, I can't express it enough. But yeah, this is just, it, it is deliciously ironic. And, and to see that it's, it's Bloomberg running on, you know, uh, better, more government uh, yeah. is, it, it's, it's sickening. And he's come out now, not only that, here's, here's a really funny thing that's crossed the line. And, and, and this, as, you know, as a, as a cannabis activist, should, should really bother you that Bloomberg came out specifically against cannabis legalization. Like, yeah, yeah. It, and, and I, as smart as this is, maybe this is the obvious money thing, but holy shit, that well, was dumb. The irony. Really? You're running for the Democrat Party nomination for president in 2019, you're going to come out against pot? Really? That's 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 your big oh. oh. Here's the contradiction because uh, Robbie Mook, who is the president of this House Majority Pack, um, says that the reasoning behind this quote is we'll be able to ensure that voters understand how their Democratic House Majority is working on the issues that matter, like protecting access to affordable health care and reducing the cost of prescription drugs. So enslavement um, and and and. Control over your health and, and what you decide to put in your body. Oh, and of course, gun control. Gun control. Big Mike Bloomberg, always big on gun control. Um, on his website, it says, At a time when elected officials from both parties ran from the NRA, Mike built national gun safety coalitions to take them on. He has spent years and hundreds of millions of dollars fighting gun violence and supporting successful campaigns for smart state safety laws. As president, Mike will continue to back common sense policies that save lives. I love the vagueness of this too, and 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 I mean, I'm I'm running on a platform that's extremely specific. There, like, there's not not a lot of wiggle room. Like this is what's going to happen, you know, and and it's going to get even more specific as we develop the policy. But like Mike's record on foreign policy, he is the president of the board of the C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group, a network of the world's megacities dedicated to finding and implementing prove-it climate solutions. And there's, there's all this like, well, I did all this. I, there's no, there aren't even camp, they're, they're not even bothering to make campaign promises anymore. Nobody makes any plans. They just argue with each other. We talk about what we want to do. We change our minds, right? And uh, then we don't get anything done. This is the two-party system as I've known it my entire life. That change yet? <laughs> Speaking of change, Finland's made some change. Um, Finland, and this is from the Independent, uh, Zoe Tidman. Finland's coalition government will be comprised of five parties, all led by women, for the first time after a female transport minister won a vote to be the next leader. So, Sana Marin has been chosen by her Social Democratic Party to replace the outgoing prime minister, Antti Rini. Um, she's only 34. Pretty awesome. Um, she will become the world's youngest sitting prime minister in history and the country's third female leader. So there's a lot of progress going on over there in Finland that maybe the U.S. could take note on. Possibly. Possibly. Now, this comes after a bit of an attack on the previous prime minister who stepped down 
uh, after he lost the support of the key coalition partner center party, citing a lack of mistrust. So a lack of mistrust by the people. You mean a lack of trust? A lack of, I'm sorry, a lack of trust, a, a mistrust by the people. A yeah, no, it's, you guys trust us trust too us much. Too much. So we, but, uh, lack of trust by the people actually led to this uh, prime minister stepping down and them progressing and evolving their system. Um, I like that. Sounds like, sounds like something similar to things I've heard lately. Well, I mean, this is exciting, and I'm. I'm you 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 call this progress, and and of course it might not be if if the if the policy is more regressive. I, I know as as gender biased as you may be, you're not so naive as to think any woman in office is better than any man, or that that in and of itself is progress. But there is an important shift. There is a huge element of progress to this that is really tied to to humanity progressing in the United States. It was so funny when, when Hillary was running. And she might be, again, I mean, it, that's, it's crazy. See her on the Howard Stern show recently and, and doing her same thing and, like, looking good, looking, looking not frail at least, you know? Like, who knows? Who knows, what she's, who knows what she's up to? But uh, I think it's something that women in America should be proud of, that there has never been a female U.S. president. Because it is being the leader of a criminal gang. No woman has successfully stooped so low and proven herself to be of such low moral character, of such depravity, to ever be able to be elected. Well, I guess Hillary Clinton qualifies. But aside from her, aside from aside her, aside from her, from her and, and there have been plenty of other truly evil women in American politics, don't get me wrong. Sure. Plenty in Congress right now. Yes, I'm talking primarily about you, Nancy Pelosi, but there are plenty of, of, of well-intentioned women in politics as well, and, and it does represent an important shift that really is tied to libertarianism. And I wish there was a better public understanding of this. And, and I, I, I did a video many years ago called libertarian feminism is better than statist feminism. Sure. And because it's based on not, we're going to use force to force equality, whether it's among races or demographics or genders or, or special uh, classes of people, whatever it is, uh, it's, it's that your gender doesn't, libertarian feminism is, is actually the truest, in the sense, to the definition of feminism, of seeing the genders as equal, because it says you're a human being, you're an independent consciousness in your own body. And that is the source of your right. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever it is in between. And that or... gives us as women the right to choose whether or not we want to be the matriarch and stay home and take care of the kids, or if we want to go wear the pants in the family and every right and to do that. To see that Finland is going through this shift, that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, and and I know that in in a lot of these smaller countries, they have the, the the corruption of government is is a scale less. Than, than what we have in the United States. So I'm, I definitely see this as a positive shift because libertarianism, this progress of humanity towards freedom, is really tied to advancing towards a voluntary society, sure. the, the general awakening. And it's a big part of uh, technology. And just the internal combustion engine by itself was a, a huge empower of women. The gun as an equalizer, as a technology, all of a sudden, a 90-pound grandma can defend herself against a 200-pound mugger. Like, that's an equalizing force of technology. The Absolutely. internal combustion engine, in so many ways, industrialization, 
has made men's productive advantage or even defensive value creating advantage being bigger and stronger has become less relevant over time. And what I'm really excited to see is that as we get less government involved, women's value as the creators of life is actually going to be properly valued in society. We're the only ones to do that, by the way. Yeah. So um, you got to keep that in mind. And at some point, you know, that's, that's going to shift because libertarianism, if you think about it, what is, what is libertarianism versus statism? Statism is authority, force. control, force, violence, war, conflict, theft, exploitation. Libertarianism is peace, violence, love, respect, cooperation. Which do you associate typically with male versus female? Yeah, this is, this is, and, and I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not in any way discounting the fundamental value of men in society. I am red-pilled. I get it, you know, and, and the state disadvantages men more than women. The state is primarily a phenomena of men attacking men. And that's what we're really working at ending. And, and it's, it's going to be good for all of humanity. And this is a progress to, to a better balance between the divine masculine and the divine feminine in, in every way. And, and yeah, this is whether I know or like the politicians in Finland and what their socialist, whatever policies might be, I'm excited. This is a, that's a cool story. So, and that's all the time we have for today. We've got to get going. Um, once again, guys, I am G.I. Mary Jane, Joey Lee, reminding you to pass joints, not judgment, because we're all in this together. And coming up next, Samantha Miller with fan mail and death threats. All right, Sam, what you got for us today? Today we have an email from Charlotte. And Charlotte says, to whom this may concern, my name is Charlotte and I am grade 12 student from Ontario, Canada. I'm mm. doing a project on Adam Kokesh. Canada, eh? Yeah, hey, how about that? <laughs> and I had a few questions. Her first question is, could you tell me a bit more about Adam's beliefs? Wow. A bit more. <laughs> of, of all the information that's out there on the internet, of, of, with the book and everything else, just, just a little bit more. Uh, I believe that we should wear flip-flops as late into the, the winter as possible until mm -hmm. it gets... I'm wearing flip-flops right now, actually. That's, that's a little bit more about my beliefs. Now, well, I, you know, since, since you ask and... Um, I will point out this is this is kind of funny uh, because I, I'm I'm half Canadian. I'm half Canadian, half it's the same half Jewish. It's the same half, half actually. But yeah, my half my mom was <laughs> my mom was born in in Canada, and and she's a naturalized U.S. citizen. And I spent a lot of time where she grew up in Montreal when I was a kid with with my grandma, um, sailing uh, little sailboats in uh, Lake Saint Louis. And that was that was a was a, a, a beautiful part of my childhood that uh, that I look back on fondly, obviously. And uh, no, I was I was born in San Francisco. My U.S. citizenship is not of of, of any question whatsoever. But it's really funny. Show us to, the proof. To, yeah, I want to see the the original birth Show certificate. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I'm up against Trump, the birther. He's gonna he's gonna call me out for being Canadian. <laughs> want to no. see your birth certificate? Yeah, but there's yeah there's there's no question in in my life. I was born in in San Francisco. California, and um, my mom is was uh, was under a, a green card at the time, having married my dad when they met in college on the East Coast. And uh, I guess I guess I should I should actually answer the question. I mean, the, 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 I, I guess if you if you want the little bit, you want the summary. My beliefs, what's important to me, comes from the idea that that you own yourself as a free, beautiful, independent human being. 
You own yourself. It's as simple as that. This is the foundation of ethics, right? This is why it's wrong. Don't hit, don't steal, don't kill. And that's not unless you're a cop or a soldier or an IRS agent. It doesn't matter because those basic ethical principles, if they are adhered to, it means that all relationships are voluntary. They are entered into by choice. That means you choose to be a part of them because you see benefit for yourself. That means they're win-win. When you have an unethical relationship, you're violating someone's rights. It doesn't matter if you wear a silly costume or have a fancy law backing you up. You're creating a win-lose relationship where someone's being forced into something against their will. And I want to see humanity to continue to progress towards a nonviolent society, towards a free society, to continue to get more peaceful over time. And it's embracing ethics that has gotten us this far. And we're at the point where we're just ready to get rid of this last ethical exception that we make for government. You know, like, well, it's okay to hit if you're enforcing a, a law as a cop or to steal if you're collecting taxes or to kill, to murder someone on behalf of a politician because they ordered you to do so in, in foreign policy. Also, Charlotte, the book and the audiobook are available for free at thefreedomline.com. Um, her second and final question is, what is his opinion on globalization? Wow. That's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to get that question from a Kanukistani, uh, but the, the term globalization <laughs> has a lot of different definitions. And a lot of humanity's progress that has happened in the era of modern bureaucratic government, sort of post-monarchy world era, if you will. Uh, and I, I, it's kind of embarrassing. Like, we still have monarchies in this world. Like, what? Like, in the age of the internet, there's yeah. still like, people going, well, because your dad was king, you can be king. What? Well, you couldn't think of something better? Have you right. seen what the rest of the world is doing? At least it's a, a step forward in theory <laughs> and a decentralization of power. It is, it is a bit of progress. Um, and I would say the same thing in, 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 in the sense of the word globalization because there are so many positive things about us becoming more globally connected through the internet, more aware, all of those things that, that have advanced humanity so far, uh, global commerce with just international shipping and the internal combustion engine and, and now drone delivery by Amazon. Like that's where we're at, you know, it's taco copters day. coming out of 3D printed food towers. You know, we're going somewhere exciting for this. Uh, yeah, well. I need one. <laughs> the, the only question about 3D printers, when we get to that level of them being like the ultimate practical thing that can just create whatever you want out of thin air, is are you going to get one at the grocery store or are you going to, is your neighbor going to print one for you with theirs and make the parts? My and then stepdad you just... actually has one. Engineers use them nowadays. Well, and, you know, I love that 3D printing technology is where it is, but it's, it's obviously ready to take another leap. So in that sense, there, the term globalization, when it describes the evil of government power becoming more concentrated, is, 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 a, is a terrible thing. And you could say maybe governments communicating more or being demanded of their, by their citizens to communicate more to prevent right. war, that, 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 that we have the UN, as, as corrupt as it is, as a forum that the people of the world expect and demand as a means of preventing war. You know, that, that's a good thing, of course. But the idea of, of power becoming more concentrated, the, the history of the American government going from uh, uh, almost nothing under the Articles of Confederation to a, a reasonably strong central authority with 
13 states under the Constitution, to now overseeing 330 million Americans, and the corruption grows exponentially with that centralization of power. So in that sense, globalization is evil. In terms of us becoming more aware and more connected as the global human family, however, it's a beautiful thing. And that was interesting. Your time, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Um, One more email we got is from Jim. And Jim says, it seems to me that if you are elected and abolish the federal government, any or all of the state governments will consider Medicare dependents and decide whether or not to erect some kind of equivalent for them. In that sense, your act of abolition may indeed pass the system over to the states and as president or non-president or receiver. <laughs> I, well, if I, hold on, if I may there, I, 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 like, I like that he's uh, really like, Getting into the, the this this concept of being the bankruptcy agent of the federal right. government, and just to be clear, the the policy is, and it's funny. I, I I'm someone's asking about policy. I'm like, yes, can we nerd out on policy for a while? Thank you. Uh, but the, the the people who aren't familiar with the platform and what he's getting to is that it's based on resigning on day one to take the federal government through a bankruptcy process. So the presidency wouldn't exist, and instead, I would resign to become custodian of the federal government and and i've described this as a bankruptcy agent uh kind of free market role and it's really exciting that that um that the jim is pointing out that yeah receivership yeah that's, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's becoming a custodial institution yes uh he continues to say you would have zero control over them you'd control the withering federal government only and nothing else right no and and this is this is really important uh, in, in terms of pointing out this policy, because it does allow for states that want to continue certain social programs, they would have that option. We don't want to pull the rug out from under, underneath anyone in this process. But I don't think it's going to be necessary. I don't, I don't think it, it, when the American people are so empowered at the state level to create systems that better serve them based on their values, when they are so much more enriched by having everything returned to them by the federal government that's been stolen, at least as best we can, without the burden of federal regulations, without the Federal Reserve System, you're going to see people so much more prosperous. The entire landscape of, of the, the economics, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of in a fight club kind of way, without the violence or blowing up buildings, of course. You know, we're, we're, we're in transitioning uh, away from the Federal Reserve System uh, to localized or free market money and cryptocurrency or the AmeriCoin, if it becomes uh, a practical currency useful beyond the dissolution bankruptcy process. And if you want to learn more about that, kokeshforpresident.com slash platform, please check it out. I don't want to get into all that right now, but to this principle of that Jim is bringing up here in terms of localization and how that is so important in taking this first step in this process getting rid of this most disgusting, wasteful layer of government that is the federal government, that is really only about three out of 22 million people working for government at, when you include the state and local levels in that number. It's, it's really a pretty moderate platform in that sense. But it, what people don't realize in, in how it is an extreme platform is that it is extremely principled in the way that the American Revolution was. When the founder said, sorry, King, we don't, we don't want to be a part of your empire anymore. We're, we're out, you know. And it would have been peace out if they had let him go, but it wasn't. <laughs> so it was war. And we can avoid that today. And what's going to happen is a, a fundamental paradigm shift. And, and I, one of my fantasies used to be that it would be towards 
voluntarism towards libertarianism. And it, and it will be certainly in that direction. That paradigm shift is going to continue. But what I think is going to happen first is what I see already happening arguably faster in terms of policy than libertarianism being taken on in the paradigm is localization, Brexit, Catalonia, the Scottish independence vote, uh, the, the California independence movement, where we are now, the great Republic of Texas secession movement. Uh, all over the country, different states, there are people talking about this. Uh, you know, Cal Exit is, is, is really a hot one right now, but we could look at New Hampshire, Vermont, Colorado, the 51st State Project in Northeast Colorado, the state of Jefferson. You know, we're redrawing the line. We don't have to do it the way it's always been done just because it's always been done that way. And the shift that is at the heart of this, that, that, that really is so spiritually important to humanity is if you're going to accept a world of governments, they have to be voluntary. You have to have the right to opt out of yours at any time. Right. That's the right to declare your independence. And when we get rid of the federal government, we get state sovereign as the first step in that process. And we have just asserted in the age of the internet, as the American people, clearly, unequivocally, we're not going to put up with this crap anymore. We are going to demand this right of sovereignty to be respected. How is a state going to stop you as a county from seceding? How is a county going to stop you as a city from seceding? How is a city going to stop you as an individual if you want to be completely free and independent on your own land from becoming a true sovereign <coughs> on your own land and to be able to create communities around voluntary groupings of people, because a community is something you choose to be a part of, based on your values meeting your needs. That's what this is really about. On the lighter side, um, there was a post on Facebook that you got tagged in, uh, flag appreciation out here in Austin, Texas. <laughs> And you were tagged by a fan that you should be there. Oh, the flag of tree. But there was, there was a little more to this, wasn't there? There was a back and forth. It wasn't that you, you, you should be there. No, I'm, I, I am truly torn on the flag. That's, that's not a pun. Um, <laughs> or at least it, did I catch I'm, myself in a dad joke or did I make a dad joke by I accident think, there? I, I, Shit. Anyway, uh, so no, I, I mean, I. There in here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I need kids, or being being the guy with the dad jokes is going to be really Without lame after a, a while. Dad, Without, it's yeah, exactly. Be really lame. Uh, You're just going to be the weird uncle. At uh, least yeah. Well, no, it's one, it's one of my. I forget who said it's one of my favorite lines from stand-up comedy. There's a guy talking about what it was like to be a dad, and he's like, you know what? For a long time, I really wanted to be a dad, and then I had a bunch of kids, and I realized what I actually wanted to be was. An uncle. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Cool uncle. Yeah. yeah. So, but with the flag, like, I, I appreciate the history. I appreciate the symbolism. Right. I appreciate, you know, that, that Americanism is something that belongs to the heritage of humanity, of advancing towards a state of greater freedom for the whole world. And at the same time, I'm disturbed having fought an unjust war, having been a party to a war crime under that flag, knowing that it really is the badge of the government, not the idea, not the people, that it has come to be, uh, you know, a, a symbol that is hated around the world for so many uh, legitimate reasons, for so many innocent people who have been killed by, by, by men carrying that flag. And I'm definitely not uh, 
I'm not big on the flag of tree, you know. I mean, we have flags on No Force One. We have, you know, kind of on, on three sides. We have the American flag. It's it's an it's 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 subdued. It's black and white. It's kind of cool, <laughs> military patch looking, if you will. But it's um, yeah. The I, the, the comments I read there on this tag were that uh, people were saying, "Oh, well, you should burn a flag, not worship it." And it's like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, okay. And people going, "Yeah, I dare you to do that in front of a veteran." And someone going, well, Adam Kokish is a veteran. You, you had him. And it's like, I don't even know what I would do there. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys really like the flag. You no, know, my dad okay. is a veteran. And he was Sergeant Marine Corps, Desert Storm, 1990. And he has, you know, had comments about stuff like this, like Kaepernick not standing for the anthem. And he said, you know, I bring in veterans into topics like this. It's, he didn't fight. For you to have to stand or not burn the flag, you have your right to choose what you want to do. Yeah. And I. Uh, let's see, there was one more post on your Facebook that I noticed, and it was in a comment on your one on one with Ben Swan. Mm, yeah, that was, uh, by the way, Ben Swan. I'm a big fan of his, like, legitimately, I, I, I see, uh, I, I think. About half of his work, I, you know, there's no one I can like. You know, I, I don't have time to consume nearly as much media as I want. But uh, his, <laughs> his his style, right? What, but what he did, taking his background in mainstream journalism, starting as a Fox affiliate reporter, and then losing that job because he was talking about Ron Paul too much, <laughs> essentially telling the truth. And to see that he is he has continued that now independently is uh is a beautiful thing and this was a really fun interview and it's it's, it's an honor to and, and I, I will say this is a part of our friendship is that he interviewed me first when i was running veterans for ron paul in 2011 going into the 2012 republican primary and i remember at the end of the interview going so ben you know what this is really all about right talking about like the the, the bottom of the like and 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 he was like, um, oh, and it was just it was the first time someone had just shown him the bottom of the rabbit hole, and it was like it was it's so it's so cool. I've I've interviewed him now a few times myself. Uh, last at Anarchapulco, and yeah, it, I'm I'm so glad that he's a part of the movement. Well, in a comment to that, uh, Thomas Tanner says, "Let's say you will." And you dissolve the government in four years. What happens to the swamp? Do they become good citizens and join the market? <laughs> Do they flood 50 state houses and create bigger problems? Now, actually, that is a really cool challenge to my platform that I've never heard before. You know, what happens to the swamp? And, and I get this. There's, this is a really good challenge because right. there is going to be. Yeah, we 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 go and fire everybody in Washington. Now they're at the state. Now these, these evil people or these people who are inclined and good at governing are going to be at the state level. And there 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 will probably be, you know, some negative impact from that. I think it's going to be insignificant compared to all the positive benefits. However, I think I think that's pretty obvious that. If, if the American people say to the federal government, to those three million people, no, we're not going to put up with this crap anymore. We're not going to go, okay, well, we'll put up with it at the state level. No, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that's realistic. I think there's, even if there isn't the full paradigm shift towards 
freedom with this victory, uh, there is, is definitely a, a clear paradigm shift to not putting up with bullshit from government like this anymore. So that's it as far as today goes. No death threats, but I'm keeping an eye out. What a relief. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Sam. That's our show. First episode back, Adam vs. the Man 10.0. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening today. Don't forget to support our sponsors with local.bitcoin.com, naturalnews.com, and Northern Arizona Biological Dentistry. They actually get people who come from all over the country to get dental work done there. So, like, it actually makes, you go, why is a local dental, they're that good. Like, why would they be sponsoring a, you know, a global podcast? Yeah, they're, they're one of the places that are that good. And I can tell you from my experience there when they got the metal out of my teeth. Well, I can't say I did a survey of the whole world of dentistry, but no, they are top-notch, wonderful experience. They absolutely know what they're doing. And there aren't that many people who are doing biological dentistry and, and have their actual unique metal amalgam removal process. So please check them out if you got metal in your mouth, especially oh, yeah. if, if you're within driving. They are in Flagstaff. If you are in, within a day's drive of Flagstaff, at least, it's definitely worth checking out. And uh, don't forget to go to thefreedomline.com, plug in it. I don't even know. I was supposed to mention this in the announcements. I don't know how organized uh, we're going to get with this show uh, as we launch. <laughs> uh, we have adamversustheman.com. I don't think we have anything functional there yet. Eventually, we'll, we'll have another store link. We'll have uh, you know some cool feeds. Whatever you guys want, send me an email. Let me know where you want this to go starting with this basic model. But for now, thefreedomline.com. Uh, please join the email list there. Hook up with me on social media wherever you can. Uh, join the email list, especially at kogushforpresident.com, which you can find from thefreedomline.com. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Mwah! Peace and love, y'all. <laughs>